Welcome to another episode of the Ticklish. Hey, don't don't do that. The Ticklish Travel. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of <laughs> the Ticklish Traveler and his travel tales. Don't do that. Dan. This is good day in the Czech language. So now I'm a lost in the Czechoslovakia this time. <laughs> well, it was many years ago, and I was wandering around. I had baseball bag. I found at the Bullard High School baseball diamond of all places to find a baseball bag, huh? So you. Put all the clothes in the top and the dirty ones I put on the bottom of this long bag. It almost looked like you could carry rifles with it. And a lot of people were jumping kind of scared out of my way back then so many years ago when I walked around with this kind of rifle looking bag. But again, it was a baseball bag and I was in Prague, the capital of Czechoslovakia. I went and slid into a travel place. Well, I started talking to this lady. She was in her mid-40s, a nice-looking dame, and we kind of got along, and we were giggling a little bit. And I said, you know, after I paid and booked for a flat, which is apartment, I asked this nice-looking woman, I said, you know, Elena, can I leave my bag here? Because I'm probably going to get lost and end up in Bulgaria. <laughs> Oh, she smiled, laughed. Okay, okay, cutie. And she puts a bag in the back of the travel place. And I wandered off. And it's not easy, especially for me, you know, getting lost is, you know, part of my family's tradition. So it is really difficult to find a place there in a progress Slovakia. All the numbers and everything... It's just so hard to find. At any rate, I don't remember nothing about the place, if or even if I found it. Well, I wanted to talk about Elena, the lady that kept my bag for me. She's a real friendly lady. She's a local. And we're still friends. Well, what I did when I was living there, I helped Elena, Shimirikova, drive out to the countryside and clean her cabin. And I believe all the citizens of this Czechoslovakia, or maybe it's just part, I don't know. You have to look it up or ask somebody. But I think that citizens get cabins by the government out in the countryside. Well, she definitely had one. How she got it, I don't know. But it was real peaceful out there, and there was a little river, and some old local guy was out there. He was retired. And he had the bristly beard and the big hands. And he's sitting in the little fishing chair. And he had the little hat on like McLean Stevenson did in the old MASH episodes. All the hooks in it. Well, after, you know, a couple hours, me and Lena, we were a little bit hot. And it was summertime. So I stripped down and I jumped in way far away from this old guy 
and Elena jumped in. We were skinny dipping and having a good time, and then we put a blanket down under this big shady tree and had a picnic, kick, 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 kick. And I remember the train, the local train was going by, and I was out there on that shade tree, gobbling down all that food Elena brought, and, you know, we had a beer. I had a good time with this local woman out in the countryside as I took her out to dinner after she kept my bag. I bought us a couple of dozen beers, some food, and we held hands, and we were walking through the Prague cobblestone streets real late at night, and we were really laughing it up. We got along with one another, and that was... Just a real fun time, and I thought I'd share that with everybody. I hope you enjoyed it. Okay. Thank you. Dober Don, everybody. This is good day in so many languages, including Serbian, which takes me to Belgrade, which is the capital of Serbia, and I was wandering around lost, my usual self, I didn't give a crud, and I asked some people from Mojimini, I think Zgubio is lost, some funny words, and the guy was painting, okay, puts the brush down, him and two other fellas, they took me, took me, and they were also wrong way, street, and we went to some Kalamedja Park, and we sat down. I smoked one cigarette with them. Zashto, zashto, why, why, and never mind, who cares? And they went back, and I got so lost, I found the right way. <laughs> <laughs> it was at least the street I was looking for was only here in front of me. And still, I went the wrong way two more times. I started some argument. Some other people were working. And they wanted to help me. And the boss with the belly and the cigarette and the, uh, yelling. No, no. Okay, so I went back the other way, the right way. 32. This was the number I was looking for. I was going to meet some people who I don't remember how I met them. 32 was the number on the gate. Okay, okay, but not okay. I started another argument, and people were marching up and down the street with me. Nobody knew where is 32. I'm in Belgrade, Serbia. I don't know where I am. It's pleasant weather. And I had a whole street full of people helping me. Nobody could find 32. Everybody went back to work. I walked up and down several times in this street. I took a little rest, leaned up against the gate, looked through this big gate like Adam's family, and there was 32 about the size of a marshmallow way up high on the building. <laughs> and these guys forgot to tell me 
the number wasn't on the gate or the fence. It was high, high, and very small. So, I... Hello, hello. And the door opens up. And there's Sanisha. I remember his name, Sanisha. Something like Djokovic or something. It means shorty. And, of course, he was a six foot eight. You made it so very, very welcome to here. So I went upstairs, and this really was like an Adams family house. And there's a couple of guys playing acoustic guitar, and there was some coffee guy there. He had real long hair, and he looked like Shaggy on Scooby Doo's. And it was like a little flop house. It was old wooden, creaky floors, and the cigarette butts everywhere, and coffee. Well, some of these guys were protesters, and they were going around spray-painting all the <laughs> all the government buildings, and all them running around in their underwear. It was just when Obradovich showed up, and we all started talking about toilets and laughing and avocados and everything. I had a real good time with a bunch of people. I don't remember how I met them, and I remember having a real good time with them, and I hope everybody... Enjoy this story, as I sure had fun there getting lost in Belgrade, Serbia. Okay, everybody. Thank you. Hey, dobro jutro, everybody. Good morning. So I want to talk again about a vassal and a comshir neighbor, Susanna. Is this in... Montenegro, on the coast, many, many years ago. I've given other recordings about Avaso and also Susanna. Avaso's older, looking like a Barney Rubble. His face is always a pink from yelling, Aah! yelling at everybody. And Susanna was a small little woman under five foot with the black hair and she smoked cigarettes, a chain, all the time, chain smoking. So, sitting there in a Montenegro and watching the summer slowly drift into autumn. A cool winter. And I loved it. The people and the mosquitoes went home. Well, me and Susanna... We're having that homemade coffee, and I was sitting on one of her low, broken sofas. It had the springs in certain areas. <laughs> you had to sit, you know, she'd wave you with her hand to sit over there closer to the Bubba. And they had the wood from the mountains I would get for them, and they would cook with the old wood stove. So I'm sitting on this broken sofa, and the Milo, she comes. So Susanna, who did not speak English, and my Serbian is still not so strong, so Milos is telling me many stories Susanna knows about Avasl. And when I say, Komšir, you could stretch your arm out, and Avasl lived that far away. Susanna's place was very tall and skinny. If I laid across, it would take up her whole home. And... And Milos, he came and was yelling for me. I, hey, 
I'm here with Susanna. So he sat down, like, no, no, over on the other side is just broken. So Milo sits down on one side sofa, I'm on the other side, and Susanna come with a coffee and a cake and candy, and never mind. Milos is telling me what Susanna knows about Avaso. He hired in the summer 33 young girls from Belgrade and paid none of them. Some come two, then sometime come three, and they get out. I drank wine. I got it. me. You made fun. He's threatening to call the cops on them. And he'd get them there for a week or two, and he'd try to smooch and kiss on them, and they wouldn't like it, and, and he'd kick them out. Well, one of the young girls ended up being an old lady. She had bad teeth and B.O., and her hair was messy. And Vasso liked her. She was older, and he used to uh, scratch his head, and I no, man, I don't feel good. I got to go upstairs. So he'd go upstairs, Vasso would who owned this restaurant on the coast in Montenegro. And above the restaurant, they had the two little levels that he rented out. And that's where these girls would sleep before he kicked them out after a few days. So back to the old lady, Vassal would go upstairs, and he'd get a neck rub from this old lady. Oh, he heard. <laughs> he heard some terrible screaming one day. Vassal comes down, and he's telling Milos, my friend Milos, he, <laughs> he says, you know, can you believe this uh, this lady, man? She says, I, we got a drunk last night, and I married her, and now she wants my restaurant. And he says, oh, man, you can't believe these people. And he's taking tablets, and he's drinking, you know, the Shlubovica right in front of us. And we're all laughing at him. <laughs> and the old lady's coming down and grabbing him by the arm and kissing him. And he's, you got to hide. You get away from me. And he takes off the other way and goes up the forest. <laughs> well, Milos was translating for me that one particular day. We were having coffee and cake and everything. And Susanna says that. Avaso has tried to sell this property. He's claiming there's bananas and coconuts, and it's right on the ocean. And then Susanna proceeded to say he tried to sell it to one of my cousins over there, Pedro, or Radko, I can only remember, and they wouldn't fall for him. He says that they, nobody in the whole coast trusts Avaso. You know, he would take boats that weren't his and fish and, and then sell the fish back to the guy's wife. And he was just swindler of the century. This is a vassal. So he's yelling and yelling, and now there's no women there. He got rid of the old lady. He got rid of all the young girls. And his family members would come from down the road, and he'd yell, I had to get away from them. And it was a cool... Winter day, and I took a walk through the little town there on Montenegro coast, and it took you 20 minutes or so to walk through the town, 
And I took taxi into Bar. Bar Montenegro was the two mountains over, I'd say, 40 minutes. So you got to find some taxi driver, which means it's just some fat guy sleeping in a van, and he's got ashes all over his stomach. <laughs> well, he won't take you if it's just one person. So you got to wait, and two more people came. They were old ladies. Okay, die, die, die. Grumpy, let's go. So he, he drives me czar in the bar for a little R&R to get away from Vassal. So I got me a couple of candy bars and a cup of coffee. And now it's around dark, dark 30. And this blustery, dark sky started to fill the Montenegrin sky. Well, it was going to downpour, so I found a little, tiny little bus station. It was all ratty and beat up, but there was a rift on there, and it was dark now, and nobody was out, and the wind was, was getting stronger. And I was standing there underneath this. I didn't even know there was a bus. I was standing there, you know, when the rain started coming, and there were big, heavy drops as big as salt and pepper shakers. I noticed something. Somebody was standing behind me, and I didn't know it for a couple minutes. It was Susanna. She was standing behind a big bag of potatoes as big as she was. <laughs> hey, me, she says, I'm on, I'm on taxi. She says, never mind about the taxi. You know, come with me and get on the bus. It's only 50 cents. It's cheaper. You have to, you have to. She wasn't going to waste 50 cents. She had to sell, you know, a lot of different things just to make 50 cents profit. So I hung around the bus station. And the driver came. We had to, you know, wait for him to put his boots on and change his socks and, you know, light a cigarette. Nobody was on that bus. It was an old rattly, old broken bus. Real long seats with a big cigarette hole burns in them. <laughs> and Susanna and the bus driver talking. And then they started singing a little bit. And they got, they got almost went off the cliff a couple times. We made it back. And it was starting to rain a little bit heavier, a little bit heavier. We had to walk through the little village to get back. And I grabbed Susanna by the hand. And I was helping her through those big puddles. And I threw those potatoes over my shoulder. And I walked her home. I felt like, I don't know, like Victor McLaughlin or one of them old-time movie stars. And it felt great to be able to help a friend over there. And I love this whole woman. She was a very, very kind woman. And she was always cooking these very tasty pastries and coffee. And the heavier the rain got, the more we started laughing. And I held her hand and walked her home. And we had a real good time. I hope you enjoyed this. You woke me up again. Don't wake up. You quit waking me up. You grandson. You grandson.